I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Morning, Mr. Sam, I help you? Hi, do you do party subs? Do I do party subs? What kind of a party sub would you like? Well, I'm calling from the CBC. Um, we're, we're launching this podcast called Personal Best, where each week we try and help someone. We want to be really impressive. Do you think a, a party sub would be a good way to celebrate? Oh, definitely. Definitely. We're thinking a six-foot sub for three people. A six-foot sub for three people? Do you think that'd be enough? Yes. That's equivalent to 18, 12-inch subs. Perfect. Do, do you have any advice? Because this is my first podcast. Oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. That's not going to help at all. Just go for it. Right. Be positive. Self-improvement's really hard, right? It is. It is. Well, you always have to try. You always have to try. Do you have anything that you're, you're working on improving in your own life right now? Oh, no, I'm happy as pig and poo. <laughs> I love me the way I am. <laughs> Can you hold on a sec? My bread's going to burn. Sure. Thanks. I'm Rob Norman, and this is Personal Best. Asking advice from a real-life coach is intimidating, probably because they all sound like this. I mean, it drives me absolutely nuts when people say, I don't have time to work out. You must work your ass off. Today, I'm going to show you how to make my natural belly slimming detox water. Take massive action. Get massive results. This is what makes somebody a star at anything. I don't know about you, but I'm not that guy. Confident, self-aware, and constantly improving. I'm not even friends with people like that. Exactly. And people like that always seem to be tackling these big life changes. But for me, it's the little things, the mundane things that really nag at me. That's my producer, Andrew Norton. And we're skeptical about this whole self-improvement thing. Why do we leave it for advertisers, Instagram stars, and Gwyneth Paltrow to tell us what to do? Why can't two normal people just figure it out? That's what this show is. Together, we'll help you tackle the stuff that you would be too embarrassed to ask an attractive, wealthy success guru. We'll help you be your best you as best we can, given the constraints. Of which there are many. Yeah. Let's meet Robin. Robin is organized, disciplined, and seems like the kind of person who wouldn't need anyone's help to fix a problem. I plan all of the parties and events for work, and that's not part of my job. I'm on top of it. She's not kidding. I bring in treats for my coworkers because I cook dinner every night. But Robin has a secret. Robin is a chronic snoozer. I do have my life put together in a lot of ways, but I have a lot of problems waking up to my alarm in the morning. I will sleep in for an hour, hour and a half of it going off every nine minutes, waking up, turning it off, waking up, turning it off. And it's two hours that I give myself in the morning is an ideal get-ready time, and I still can't do it. I'm clocking two and a half hours consistently. And is that including, like, transit time to get to work? 
not including transit time. What? I know. I know. This is a colossal waste of time. Every morning, I'm like, what's wrong with me? I thought I was an adult. I thought I had my shit together. Look at this beautiful lunch I just packed for myself. (laughs) Um... You know, it's also, if I'm meeting someone, it's disrespectful of their time. Robin is nothing short of resourceful. She turns off her phone before bed. She worked at a reward system with her husband. She even took an online course for snoozing. But still, nothing. It's not stress. It's not a sleeping problem. It's not that my partner snores and keeps me up. It's not that my alarm isn't loud enough to wake me up. It's not that I'm not excited about getting out of bed in the morning. It's none of those things. It's always been this way. But it gets even weirder. God forbid my mom or anyone who knew me in high school hears this. When I was in high school, I faked having a major illness because I could not get out of bed in the morning. And it was called labyrinthitis, which is a real thing. I was really diagnosed with it by faking symptoms, you know, dizziness, fatigue. And that kept me able to sleep in or miss mornings. Really, I had no physical symptoms other than I just couldn't wake up in the morning. And you've certainly gone back and looked up labyrinthitis, right? Like, what is that? I mean, it was so long ago, I hardly even remember. it. The main thing was sort of like dizziness and like disorientation. Just Google it. This is the first uh, first result here. Um, inner ear disorder, uh, vestibular nerve, important to spatial navigation, balance control, With proper treatment, symptoms dissipate within one to three weeks. And have you ever come clean with anyone at high school, even like your parents about this? (laughs) Definitely not my parents. Possibly some of my best girlfriends, but my parents don't know that labyrinthitis was a lie. Wow. That's incredible. So she's been snoozing ever since she faked having labyrinthitis in high school. And just to add to the weirdness of this whole thing, on weekends when she doesn't use an alarm, she gets up at like 7 in the morning, no problem. Okay, so here's where I'm at. She lied to her mother about having labyrinthitis. She's feeling guilty. Imagine you had a secret you didn't tell anyone about ever. What if the metaphorical weight of her guilt is the thing that's keeping her in bed? Okay, okay, but let me offer up a competing theory here. And this one's not just made up by you. Let's call it the alarm clock as authority figure theory. I've been really kind of soul searching about this topic. It's so, you know, asinine, but is it because I have a problem with authority? So the alarm clock is a metaphor for authority. Yeah, like I can do this thing that I'm not supposed to do. It's like a little bit of rebellion. This is great. So next step is coming up with a game plan for Robin. The obvious place to start is to ask her what's worked for her in the past. You know, for self-improvement-y type things. So I think that when things go public and people start to know about them, you sort of have an accountability to your friends and family. In the last, like, six years, I lost 120 pounds. And I think a big reason why I've kept the weight off is because when your goals are very visible to other people, you want to succeed because you want to make people proud of you. What would a win look like here? What would an improvement look like? Being able to wake up with an alarm first thing without hitting snooze is a guaranteed win. But truthfully, snoozing one time would be great. One time snooze? One time snooze. One time snooze. A noble self-improvement goal for any adult. But it'd be downright irresponsible for us to act on our theories without seeing Robin wake up for ourselves. This is the sound of 6.30 in the morning. 
Did you get the same thing? Does it matter? Yeah, two egg McMuffins. Love it. Now this is some real steakout food. This is real steakout food. Producer Andrew Norton and I are parked outside Robin's house in a smart car that I've rented and am paying for by the hour for some reason to watch Robin sleep. Using the video baby monitors, we duct taped to her bedroom wall while she was at work. It wasn't duct tape. It was a form of uh, painter's tape that won't ruin her wall. Okay, Andrew. I just wanted to mention that because uh, people might be worried about her walls. Yeah. Our idea was to get a better sense of Robin's morning. Want to test her out? Yeah, let's try it out. Even though Robin okayed all this and knew we'd be watching, it still felt pretty weird. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so wrong, Andrew. It's pretty creepy. So we have we have a half an hour until she wakes up. <laughs> I'm just going to spend a half hour watching this woman sleep. Oh, my God. So we waited. If a police officer came by right now, how would you explain this? We're working for the current, is what I'd say. <laughs> Anna Marie Tremonte told us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> then came the moment of truth. Oh, we have movement. Oh, my gosh. So she- <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And what I can only describe as a ballet of sorts, Robin turns off her alarm clock. In a movement she's practiced to perfection countless times, her hand reveals itself amongst the sheets. Equal parts haphazard and effortless, Robin's finger presses against her dance partner, the snooze button. She did not give that a second thought at all. Oh my gosh. It's her body, it's not even her brain doing it. Again and again. Oh, 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 another alarm, she's up, she's looking, and rolling over, and she's done. A dance between lovers. A perfect pairing of comfort and the promise of just 10 more minutes. It's kind of beautiful. Beautiful and deeply worrying for what we have set out to do. I thought maybe this was just like, it wasn't going to be that big of a problem. But this actually looks like a big problem. I actually don't know how to fix that. So after our stakeout, and after seeing how automatic hitting snooze is for Robin... I should also disclose, we saw a lot of cat cuddling. I was curious about the science behind waking up in the morning. So I made a phone call. Producer Andrew Norton, everyone. You don't need to say that every time. I called up Dr. Lynn Marie Trotty. She specializes in sleep disorders at the Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta. People will go to some pretty extreme measures to to wake up when they can't seem to do it on their own. I mean, there's plenty of people who rely on their parent or their spouse to dump water on them, or put ice inside their clothing. This next question I asked is very technical, very scientific. It's the key to why Robin, why all of us struggle in the morning. Why does waking up suck so bad? (laughs) Well, so, so we think waking up sucks so bad because of this thing called sleep inertia. So it turns out in kind of similar to the way that, you know, you don't just all of a sudden fall asleep from having been awake. You get drowsy and then you start dozing and then you fall asleep. Right. And the flip side of that is you don't just all of a sudden fall awake from having been asleep. Right. That's just not how the brain works. And so there's this there's this period that we call sleep inertia, which is this transitional state between being asleep and being fully awake. And it happens to everybody, but for lots of people, it's short and painless, and so they don't really notice it. There's plenty of people who wake up and they feel fine right when they wake up. 
So it's not just Robin. Sleep inertia happens to everyone. It's like your brain is booting up, and some brains boot up faster than others. Some people's windows of sleep inertia are longer than others. Correct. Part of the reason that that's such a strong idea is that there are some morning people and there are night people. That is a biological reality for each of us. We have our own internal circadian rhythm that we're either night people or morning people, or some people are are pretty neutral. And when this process is happening, you just want to go back to bed. You're groggy. Your decision making is all messed up. In some extreme cases, it's actually like being drunk. Scientists call that sleep drunkenness. So this might have less to do with self-discipline as it does straight-up biology. Okay, that's not good news at all. Luckily, Andrew, I also got some advice. Instead of talking to one expert, I cold-called 50 sleep professionals. Who knows sleep better than the people working at mattress stores across North America? Sorry, you're trying to cure sleeping in? Yeah, she sleeps in for like two hours. She's hitting her snooze button nonstop. Now that is an unusual question, Rob. Sometimes putting yourself in a position called zero gravity helps wake people up in the morning. I'm sorry, you say zero gravity? Mm-hmm. Zero gravity. I sell matches. I'm not like a, I know nothing about the psychology of sleep, to be honest with you. Where are you calling from? Could you uh, maybe give me a call back in 10 minutes? You got it. Will do. All right, cool. This is some kind of a scam or joke or something, isn't it? No, no, no. Why do you think people hate waking up in the morning? Uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like a hate relationship with an alarm clock. It's a love-hate. You need it, but you don't like listening to it. It's kind of like uh, your mom and your dad. Yeah, it's like this nagging thing, but you need it. That one guy who told me to call back, we sort of played phone tag for a bit. I finally got a hold of him. Hey, Mattress and Morning, it's Kevin. Hey, Kevin, it's Rob Norman calling back. Hey, man, Rob, like, uh, actually, I assumed that you were um, a telemarketer at first. Wait, you thought I was a telemarketer? Oh, I was, oh, man, we get telemarketing calls, like, on a loop constantly. So you said you were doing a... Um... Yeah, we're, we're doing a, uh, a radio show about this woman who can't get up in the morning. She sleeps in constantly. Oh, right. We're calling a bunch of different mattress places to try and get some insight on why that might be. We're hoping you could answer some questions. Yeah, sure. Like, how long has this been going on? Like, why is there no... Since her, her whole life. Since high school. What? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, for you, why do you think people sleep in so often? Why? Oh. Um, oh, shit. I just locked myself out of the door. Um, you know, I'm not like, oh, I just, I don't know that I can speak to that. But, um... Yeah, I... I know this is a weird idea. Tell me if this is dumb, but what if she has a problem with authority? Like the alarm clock's authority? Uh-huh. There's something to do with authority there. Right, well, I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, I catch myself, actually. The, um, the Google Voice GPS, the, the lady that's in my phone told me where to go. I've actually developed this little thing where she tells me to go right, and there's this little voice that, like, this defiant little voice that rises up in the back of my head. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> so... so you think maybe the alarm clock is the same thing as your GPS, where it's like, don't tell me what to do? Yeah, it's kind of a stretch, actually, but, I mean, I don't know. I have one more question for you. Um, What's that? Wh- why do you think no one wants to wake up? Like, why is it so hard? Mm. My first instinct is to, like, give you some, like, Sylvia Plath answer, like, oh, it's because we're each dying a little each day. No, but um, <laughs> I don't know how to really answer that. <laughs> I think it's, um, 
I don't know. I think it's just the um, a little bit of the unknown making you want to just pull the covers up a little bit, I guess. Tell me about it. All right. Kevin, this is so great. Um, yeah, cool. Our, our, uh, our podcast is out of uh, Canada. Do you, know, um, do you know the CBC? Yes. It's called Personal Vest, and so each week we help someone solve a problem. This week is this woman dealing with getting out of bed, so we're just trying to figure out the uh, and I said, You said I can find that at CBC? It's late at night. Andrew and I are holed up in a CBC studio, which we have full access to, provided no one else is using it. Time for a brainstorm. We're trying to think of methods to help her, right? Is that what we're... Okay. We need to think outside the box on this. What are some alarm clocks that are experimental, um, awaiting approval from, from federal regulators? Like, what fire. are some... Fire. We set off a fire alarm, and we tell her she's going to die. You'd be up so quickly, Andrew. But then she also, she could still be... The discipline of the alarm clock has no effect. She doesn't believe in power structures. She needs a week of authority figures with repercussions. We get 13 fathers, 13 of the meanest dads you've ever seen, and they just chastise her for an hour until she learns what... What what about this approach? We make her dreams so terrible she'll want to wake up. What if if her dreams... What if if I built a haunted house? We hire... A local troop of actors. House by like make disguises like, a, as like one of those cat police. Again, why, why is the government deciding what wakes me up? Yeah, we're tired. Yeah, the quality of our stuff has gone down precipitously. Yeah. <laughs> Through a fog of bad ideas, one idea remained. An exercise that might actually work, freeing Robin from the guilt of lying to her mother. If Robin confesses to faking labyrinthitis... Hi. Hi, Mom. Hi, honey. How are you? How was your hike? Well, the gates were closed. She would finally be relieved of her guilt. The guilt that I think is preventing her from waking up on time. Do you remember when in, I was in high school and the doctor still Here we are. said that I had... A daughter is about to tell a long-held secret to her mother. Trust me, I have listened to enough podcasts to know what a transformative storytelling moment sounds like. That was a long time ago, honey. And this was not that moment. For God's sakes, there's things in your life you don't remember. And that was actually one of them. <laughs> Robin's mom didn't care. Robin didn't care. Self-improvement? Super hard. I myself have three alarms. I have one that sort of wakes me up, tells me I have to get up soon. Then I have another one. Producer Andrew Norton, help me out. Robin said that something that worked in the past was this idea of public accountability. And that's how she lost a bunch of weight and then kept it off. So I thought, let's use this same technique here. I told her to draft a Facebook post telling all her friends about her plan to wake up on time. Then I asked her to meet me a couple blocks from the CBC. Uh, let me just turn this down. Testing. And, okay, so you have you have your Facebook post ready. I do. Important life update. I've never been able to wake up with my alarm at any time in my nearly 30 years. I'm committing to changing that by waking up with my first alarm for an entire week. I'm posting this so that everyone will know my shame if I fail and therefore compel me to succeed. Stay tuned to this space. So let's, let's go ahead. Let's hit send on that. Yeah, I'm ready. There we go. It's posted. My secret's out. This is going to be a little embarrassing. We want results. It's not enough only to have her tell her friends and family on Facebook. We need accountability on a larger scale. So what we did is printed some flyers off for her. Oh my God. They say, my name is Robin and I'm going to wake up on time for an entire week. I have your flyer here. 
This looks like it was designed on Microsoft Word. I wish it was Microsoft Word. This is Google Docs. All right, let's go hand these out. Let's spread the word. Excuse me? Excuse me? Excuse me? Hi, um, I'm going to be waking up with... Okay. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm going to be waking up with my alarm on time. Okay. I don't want to sell you something. I just want to make my life better. Hi, guys. Hi, I'm Robin. I'm trying to wake up every day with my alarm for a week, in two weeks. I just want to be accountable, so I want to let people know. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. Okay. Is that kind of like weight loss? I think they say that if you tell people you're going right. to lose weight, it actually works. You're going to do favorite. it. No, no, it's oh, the other way around. Oh. You got to keep it quiet. Did you actually hear something like that? Yeah, yeah I think it's like proven. Yeah. So this could be detrimental. Your whole plan is going to fail. <laughs> we'll see. Good luck. Okay, here's here's some teens. Excuse me, guys. Hi. Um, I'm going to be waking up on time with my alarm. I just wanted you guys to be aware of it. Interesting. Yeah. It's very hard to wake up in the morning. It is. Good luck. Thank you. I guess now that you've spread the word, you have you have to do it. You kind of have yes. to do it, right? Yeah. Well, that's Good really brave. Good luck then. You know, this doesn't say post no bills. That's not going anywhere. Nope. Excuse me. Excuse me. I just want to let you know so I'm accountable to more people. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you have to believe it yourself. I will. Here, look her in the eyes and, and tell her that you're going to wake up. I'm going to wake up on time every day for a whole week. I hope so. So do I. You're going to wake up on time, Robin. See, you don't want to let her down now, right? I don't. You have to be on time. Can't yes. press the snooze button. Are you a life coach? I'm an accountant. Oh. Okay, phase two, you ready? Oh my god. This is a megaphone. I've actually never held one of these before. It's very heavy. Is there a noise ordinance or something? Let's give it a little test. Testing. And are you pulling the trigger? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not pulling the trigger. Sorry. Okay. Attention, everyone. My name is Robin, and for one week, I will be trying my best to wake up without hitting snooze. If that's too hard, I'll just hit snooze once. Thank you. It feels very powerful. I feel like I'm not alone. We were quickly approaching our last week with Robin. We needed something grand, maybe a bit unorthodox, maybe a bit cowboy. Cowboy. Uh, you know, like cowboy, like a term to describe an unorthodox approach. And so I put together what I consider to be a masterpiece. Allow me, Andrew, to set the scene. It's Robin's lunch break. I've told her to meet me at a specific place, only giving her an address. 419 Dundas West. Walk to 419 Dundas West. But when we arrive there, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be looking for. She arrives at a mysterious storefront. She opens the door, but I'm not there. It's a haunted house of lessons. So we talked about this a while back, but you actually, you actually did this. I rented a haunted house. I got a bunch of actors together. I wrote a script, and we've been rehearsing all week long. Behold, the haunted house of lessons. Wait, remind me of the logic behind this? Okay, well, first of all, it's wicked. It looks wicked, and it's super fun. I used to work at Canada's Wonderland at Fear Fest, and I was the guy with a chainsaw. People really pay attention to you when you're running at them with a chainsaw. There's like an intervention from Dr. Phil mixed with like a friend of your dad who wants to put a haunted house together in the garage. Except that dad is super cool. <laughs> sure. Sure. So Robin creaks open the door to the first room. Can I have a flashlight? It's pitch black. 
Oh my god, somebody's gonna jump out at me! Oh my god! It's a person! Hello, Robin! Oh my god. Standing there is a woman in a white lab coat. This is a dentist? It's a doctor. Robin's doctor. Giving her prognosis back when she was still in high school. Well, you have labyrinthitis. I'm gonna write you a note. This note will allow you to do whatever you want. But I'll warn you, this note will not get you out of the guilt. Oh my god. Thank you, doctor. Next, Robin stumbles through the dark, where she sees a man sitting in a chair, remembering his first date. I met her because I got stood up for a brunch date. I found an actor who looks a lot like her real-life husband, so I asked him to dress very similar. I just know you didn't spend a lot of time trying to find an actor who looks like her real-life husband. Her Facebook is very protected, so I just kind of guessed. I was supposed to meet this girl Robin, but she never showed. So I got to talking with my server, Rebecca. She's an early riser. Now we're getting married. Robin? No, I don't think of her. It's like she never existed. Next, Robin encounters a dark tunnel that she has to crawl through. Why is she crawling? Because there's nothing spookier than being low to the ground. I hate every second of this. Turns out she is very scared of haunted houses, even amateur ones. It's not scary, but I'm so scared. She swings open a wooden door and enters. The room of encouragement. After so many spooks and creeps, now this is a room where she gets uplifted from the people in her life that make her feel good. It's a room pretty empty, pretty barren. Then all of a sudden, Robin hears this familiar voice. Just put it in your head that when your alarm goes off, you have to get up. You have to get up. You have to get up. It's Robin's mother. You have to get up. You have to get up. Just put it in your head that when your alarm goes off, you have to get up. When you put your mind to something, you can always do it. Just put it in your head that when your alarm goes off, I'm never going to forget this. You have to get up. You have to get up. Just put it in your head that when your alarm goes off, you have to get up. Thanks, Mom. She crawls through a tunnel to the final room. There's so many tunnels in this thing. An old woman sits in a dirty old bedroom. This is the piece de resistance, the grand finale. Come in, dear. Don't be afraid. What's your name? Robin. Why, that's my name too, Robin. This is her dystopian future. If she's sleeping in all the time, this will be her life forever. You know, when I was your age, I slept in a bunch too. Robin, where are you, my love? That's my husband, Rufus. We spend all of our time cuddling each other in bed. Oh, here he comes now. Meow. Oh my god. It's a grown man in a leotard with cat ears. Yes, I married my own cat. Did she really learn a lesson, though? This is not going to change my life in a meaningful way. Truthfully, the biggest reason why I would wake up because of this is because it was clearly a lot of work, not because I feel emotionally affected by what I experienced today. You're you're reminding me right now, like, some kids who make their mom a really janky Mother's Day breakfast, (laughs) and it's so unappealing, but she knows the work that went into it, and so she just chokes it down to be nice. Yeah, that is a great... Way to put it. My prediction is that I will be wholly unsuccessful five out of five days. You just went stone cold. (laughs) (laughs) You you honestly think you're going to go 0 for 5? Yes. Because I've been dealing with this for 15 years. And I have never been 5 for 5 in any given week of my life. 
I'm going to genuinely try. Truthfully, I'm going to do my best. But I made a haunted house for you. That is true. And I will remember that when I'm snoozing (laughs) next week. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's first thing in the morning. It's the end of the week. And we're outside of Robin's office to see if it worked. This is the big test to see if today she woke up on time. I mean, it seems a lot like she's very... It seems like she was very sure she wasn't going to wake up on time. I guess I had this nagging thought in my head, what was all this for? If it doesn't work, then why did we put Robin through all that stuff? Why did we put ourselves through all that stuff? But I mean, we're trying to do our best here too, right? Yeah. This is, in, in a way, it's almost as much about us learning this stuff as it is about Robin learning this stuff. You know, this is personal best, not like, be perfect. Right. So what you're saying is, is that Robin? I don't know if it is. Why don't you go check? Why don't you go check? And come report back. Okay, so we may have seen Rob, and we're not entirely sure. Rob is running over to see. He is coming back, and it is now quite evident that was not Robin. That wasn't her. Oh, God. I really freaked someone out. What was was her reaction? Um, Just like when a man runs at you and looks at your face. And then runs away and then comes back and looks at your face a second time to be sure. After most likely triggering the local neighborhood watch, we settle into our second stakeout of this story. Even with all the activities and interviews and the haunting voice of Robin's mother on loop. Which, by the way, I sent to Robin to use as her alarm clock this week. I felt like we were sitting there waiting for Robin to confirm that we failed. Didn't help that we arrived at 7.30 an hour and a half early. So lots of time to think about stuff. At 9 a.m., I'm still hopeful she'll show. But as 9.15 rolls around, I'm wondering what if we should just leave self-help to Gwyneth Paltrow. At 9.30, I'm coming to terms that maybe this podcast is going to be more about the journey, not the destination. At 9.45, Andrew sees a school bus he likes. That is a cool-looking school bus. I hadn't seen one like that. At 9.50, almost an hour late, I start to think about how these little things that we all want to change and that annoy us actually make us interesting, nuanced creatures. It's our problems that help tell the story of who we are. And actually, never mind, there she is. Is that her? Oh my gosh, I thought she was never going to come. That's her, right? Hey, Robin. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. Where were you guys hiding out? In the bushes over there? Yeah, I guess from here it looks like we were hiding in the bushes, but there's actually a thing to sit on there. Robin, how did you do today? Um, Well, I woke up with my first alarm. I didn't snooze. But I didn't get out of bed until 7.28. So you got up on the first alarm? Yeah. How did it go for the rest of the week? 
Um, I only snooze one time one day. That's great. So yeah. what, what does that mean? Does it mean every day you're on time for work? Um, no. <laughs> which I'm like, maybe I have a different problem now. But I have only snoozed one time one day, which I feel like, I mean, that's like a 90% improvement. What's, what was going through your head that inspired that change? Actually, um, changing my alarm to my mom's voice is horrifying and loud and obnoxious. So sometimes I wake up just so I can not hear that alarm again. So wait, are you saying that because we crafted a very scary alarm for you by accident, <laughs> that was the thing that helped you the most? It's probably more than 40% of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, something worked, Andrew. Not the way that we wanted it to, but something worked. So it's something. It's not everything, but it's something. We did it. We flopped ourselves across the finish line. Not perfect or even pretty, but we helped someone. Can you describe like what the quality of your mornings are like now? They are more relaxed. They're less frantic and stressful. My cat has even been snugglier, if you can imagine that. I really felt like this was something that other people could do easily that I couldn't do at all. It's a skill you should have and a tool you should have if you're like a fully-fledged, thriving adult, and I didn't have it. Because I, I guess I just thought everyone was able to do it. I mean, I think that kind of is a question that a lot of people have. How do you live with yourself and the imperfections that you have, especially when you compare yourself to others that are in your face all the time with social media? Do you feel self-improved? Yes. Before this, to me, the idea of self-improvement was figuring out a way to be perfect. And now it's figuring out a way to live with whatever it is you can reasonably do. Is that good? It sounded smart to me. Okay. I'm going to say it was great. Thank you. That's a great way to end it, I think. All right. Well, um, Robin, we have one more thing to celebrate your success. We are going to ask you just to close your eyes for a bit. We need to clear off this table in front of you. Okay, no tickling. There'll be no tickling. Okay. Okay, Robin. Look what we have for you. <laughs> oh my God. Now this is better than the certificate. Wow. It's a giant submarine sandwich. It's a party sub. <laughs> I've never seen a sandwich this big. No, you haven't. <laughs> now it was all worth it. I'm Rob Norman, and you just heard a podcast called Personal Best. Andrew Norton produces the show. I think more more accomplishments in life need to be celebrated with a party sub. Jess Shane and Yasmin Maturana are associate producers. Special thanks to Jess, who also came up with this idea. What if our cat smelled disgusting? We couldn't have done it without you, Jess. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. We had production help this episode from Cecil Fernandez. Arif Narani is the executive producer of CBC Original Podcasts. Special thanks this episode to the cast of Our Haunted House, Antonis Pekaris, Caleb Brown, Andrew Bushell, Dana Scheman, and Lily Miller. 
Email us at yumyumpartysubs at cbc.ca. That's a real working email address. They let us choose our own email addresses. Cool, huh? Personal Best is a CBC original podcast. Hey, if you're looking for other podcasts, maybe check out the second season of CBC's On Drugs. Robin, going to give you 10 seconds here. Okay. And you're going to name as many drugs as you can. Okay, cool. And go. Iboga, ayahuasca, DMT, marijuana, crack cocaine, cocaine, heroin, opiates, uh, DMT, Advil, Tylenol, birth control and pills, time. Dune. time. The last one was just Dune. I was trying to say Spice from Dune. <laughs> you know that movie? If you want a more nuanced discussion about drugs, you can subscribe to On Drugs wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Is that like ASMR? For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.